0: Hi, and welcome to the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge with senior ministers John and Anne Giuliano. Have you ever wondered about how to better connect with God? Well, that's exactly what we're going to help you with in this week's show, where you'll learn how to more fully love God, grow spiritually, and help others. Well, if you have your Bibles, open up to Matthew chapter 22 and uh, we'll read this story about a king's invitation. Matthew 22, and I'll read the whole 14 verses from the New King James Version. So it says this, And Jesus answered and spoke to them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who arranged a marriage for his son and sent out his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding and they were not willing to come. Again he sent out other servants, saying, Tell those who were invited, see, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and fatted cattle, and killed all things already come to the wedding. But they made light of it and went their ways, one of his own, one to his own farm, another to his business, and the rest seized his servants, treated them spitefully, and killed them. When the king heard about it, he was furious and he sent out his armies, destroyed those murderers, and burnt up their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding is ready, but those who are invited are not worthy. Therefore, go into the highways and as many as you find, invite them to the wedding. So the servants went out into the highways and gathered together all whom they found both good and bad. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. And when the king came in to see the guests, he saw a man there who did not have on a wedding garment. And he said to him, friend, how did you come in here without a wedding garment? He was speechless. So, he said, so then the king said to the servants, bind him hand and foot, take him away, cast him into outer darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth for many are called, but few are chosen. What an interesting parable. Can I just say the setting of this parable was in the temple during Passion Week. So it's the week before the crucifixion. And Jesus actually gave three parables in succession, one to each other. This is the third of three parables. The first parable was a parable regarding two sons, the ones that were given something to do. And one of the sons said, no, but later on, he changed his mind and did it. And then the other son who said, yes, but... He changed his mind later on and did not do it. That was the first parable. Then the second parable is the parable of the wicked vine dressers, and then the third parable is the parable of the wedding feast. And they're all connected, and they were all focused in on a particular audience, and the audience were the Jews and the Jewish leaders, and it was all to do with Jesus saying to these people, I came specifically to you to invite you to the king's wedding, but you've rejected the message. Not only have you rejected the message, but you've also killed the messengers. You've also mistreated the messengers. And, and I think one of the people that he's referring to is his cousin John the Baptist, who was a messenger of good news, but he was killed and so were the prophets and, and Jesus particularly knew that within a few days he would also be one of those messengers that were going to be killed. And, and and for me, the sadness of this is that it was the joy of a king inviting people to the wedding feast. It wasn't to do bad, it was to do good. And and. I, I find what's fascinating here is that is that the story focuses on two things. It focuses on an invitation to the wedding feast, and then it also focuses in on the importance of having a wedding garment. and uh, And it seems to me like the wedding garment was mandatory. You couldn't stay if you didn't have a wedding garment. But also... What you find in this, it's a prophecy to the Jewish people. It's a prophecy to the Jewish leaders that God was going to change the focus of the invitation, not just to the Jewish people, the invited guests. But now it was opening up to the highways and byways. Now it was opening up to whosoever will. Now it was like, yep, we had our specific guest list. But they've said now, no, but now open it up. Go to the highways, go to the byways. Whosoever will, anybody can now come to the wedding feast. And again, it's prophetic that the age of the Gentiles was dawning. God had his chosen people, but now everybody could come. What a joy. How many of you are excited that we are now at that age where whosoever will can come? And, and I love that. So, so i just got three points that I'm going to talk to you this morning. First one is about being invited by the king. You are invited to the wedding feast. What a joy it is to receive an invitation from the king to come. The Great Commission from Mark 16, 15, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. How many of you are excited that you don't have to be Jewish now to be able to enter the kingdom of God? Come the way you are. And so when they went into the highways and into the byways, the Bible says that the good and the bad were invited. Now, according to Jewish mindset, the good are those who keep the commandments. The bad are those who break the commandments. And it's like, you know what? It doesn't matter where people are at. Invite them in. And this is a mindset that's really got to be broken. It's got to be broken because there's too many people out there that kind of think they can't come in unless they're good. And, and, and who determines what good is? Because I, I can't determine. But the fact is that the servants weren't told, just go and find good people and invite them in. Go and find the good and the bad. Go into those that believe in God, those that don't believe in God. I was talking to someone the other day and, and, uh, and they were listening to my message but they weren't ready to make a decision yet because they did not feel good enough. And I said to them, stop it. What do you mean stop it? I said, listen, it's like, it's like you being sick and knowing there's a hospital that can make you better, but you're not willing to go to the hospital because you're sick. It's the logic is wrong. The logic is come sick as you are, to the hospital and God will fix you. Don't try to fix yourself before you come to God because you don't think you're worthy enough to approach God unless you're well. Come the way you are. doesn't matter where you are, come. The invitation is to everybody, invited by the king. So then what happens, this is point number two, is that once you're in, not once you're out, but once you're in, then you get transformed by the king. It's his work of grace that transforms you. And so I find this fascinating. How many of you have gone to weddings? How many of you spent a lot of money buying a suitable wedding garment? Uh, You know, just guys... We've got this down pat, just one suit and it'll just, you know, the one that we bought, you know, 40 years ago. It still works today. You, you know what I'm talking about? But, but, not, but not for the girls. It's like, no, 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 I wore this at the last wedding. I can't possibly wear this at the next wedding. What? Didn't I wear this at the last wedding? And the wedding before? And the wedding before? And the wedding before? <laughs> I might change a tie or something. But these days, you don't have to change a tie because hardly anybody wears a tie. But anyway, the the point is that with most wedding feasts, we, we, we make this big hullabaloo about what we're going to wear. With God's wedding feast, it's come the way you are and once you're in, I'll give you the wedding garment. I'll provide it for you. You don't have to pay for it. You have to spend a lot of money buying the wedding garment. It's already paid for. You come in and God gives it to you. So what is this talking about? This is talking about the robe of righteousness that God clothes you in. And it's a theme that Jesus spoke about so often. Come the way you are and I will dress you. I will transform you and 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 I love and pastor Rachel mentioned the parable of the prodigal son that when the father saw him in his filth and in his dirt and the way that he was he just came out of a pig but he had no money to buy clothes or anything and when the father saw him the father put the robe on him the father dressed him and it's a theme that carries through the Bible is come the way you are and God will give you his righteousness. Because the robe represents the robe of righteousness. And this was so pertinent to the Jewish people because they wanted to come in with their own righteousness. And what's interesting is that someone snuck in with their own righteousness What I find fascinating is that there's only one way to the wedding feast, and that's through Jesus. Jesus made it very clear. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. There's only one door. But too many people find the side door, find the back door, find the window, find the trap door, find the roof, and they end up coming in and not get what God wants them to give. What I find fascinating is this, is that when this person came in, for whatever access he came in, he decided that he'd come in with his own wedding garments. And when the king saw him, he stood out like a sore thumb. Uh, And and this is where the king came in and sees the guest. sees a man who did not have on a wedding garment. He said to him, friend, how did you come in here without a wedding garment? And the Bible says that he was speechless, didn't have a response. He, what, what he wanted to say was, well, I think that this is good enough. And the king says, no, it's not good enough. How can you compare your garment to the garment that I specifically made for my guests? This is a king's garment, specifically woven and put together for the king's What you've brought in looks like rags compared to what the king wants to give, but you think that that's good enough. I really believe that it's time for us to just accept the grace of God and put our works aside And just say, you know what? It's not by works that we're saved. It's not by our righteousness. It's not by our good deeds. It's not by how much money we give to the church or how many good things we do for others that merits our salvation. We come into humility with the king's invitation. Who told you you could come? Someone told me that the king has invited me to the wedding feast and I've come the way that I am in my rags, in my filth, In my badness. But I've come because of the king's goodness. Come. Let me put on the robe of righteousness. Let me clothe you with the king's best garments. Let me sit you at the king's table. There is a place prepared for you. The invitation has your name on it. And at the table is your name already prepared. I love that. The Bible talks about the bride of Christ, and it talks about her garments. And it says in Ephesians 5.27 that he's coming back for a bride whose garments are without spot or wrinkle. My question is, how does the bride find a garment without spot or wrinkle? My answer is, it's been given to her. She doesn't buy it. She doesn't make it. It's been given to her. We call it theologically imputation. It's not merit, it's imputation. God imputes it, gives it to you freely imputed, He transfers. Imputation in accountancy terms is to do with transference of funds. Am I right or wrong, Joe? And so he's God transferring his righteousness to you. And that's why Paul is able to say in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21 that we are the righteousness of God in Christ. He became sin that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. And you're saying, why? are you spending so much time on this subject? Because it's one of the most beautiful things that we can receive from God is His righteousness. It's a gift. It's a grace. It's a present. It's part of the generosity of God to not just invite us to the feast, but also transform us into his children dressed as king's kids. I think this is just beautiful. The the other thing that is contrasted here that I want to bring to your attention is what happens to the self-righteous person. Because what you have is this contrast and it is just so stark the feast, the joy, the celebration, the wedding garments, the king, this pomp and ceremony and joy and gladness of those that do it right. And then you've got the outer darkness and weeping and gnashing of teeth of those who don't do it right, who could have done it right, but chose not to do it right. And you've got this stark contrast and 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 so often what happens is that we ignore this. Oh, we don't want to make people afraid of outer darkness and weeping and gnashing of teeth. But the contrast is so stark of light and joy and gladness, darkness, weeping, gnashing of teeth. The contrast is stark and it's there for a purpose because the master is begging us, why would you not receive the invitation? Why would you not say yes to this and be part of the joyous banquet and the reception, not only of the king's son and the ceremony and the and, and the food and all the stuff that's been prepared and the wedding garments. Why would you say no to that and offend the king? And what we see here is, again, the two stages of the invitation. Say yes to the invitation and say yes to the transformation. Say yes to the invitation and say yes to the transformation. Say yes to the invitation of coming to the wedding feast and say yes to the transformation of receiving the wedding garment, where all your rags, all of your stuff is covered over, and what you look like is a king's kid. What a beautiful thing that you don't have to look like a king's kid yourself, that he makes you look like a king's kid. What a wonderful thing that is. And the third point that I want to make is that finally, what happens after all of this is that we actually get welcomed by the king. I love the fact that the king is walking around. He actually finds somebody that's not dressed appropriately. But I guarantee that in his walking around, he's welcoming people. So glad you're here. I'm the king. And I'm so glad that you received my invitation. You can come up, Liz. I love the verse in Matthew 24, 21. It simply says, well done, good and faithful servant. How many, of you, how many of you are so hungry to receive the welcome? Not just the invitation from the king, but the welcome from the king. Because when my imagination runs with this, I see the king dressed in his robes of glory, with his arms spread out, with his huge smile, radiant smile. He knows us by name. Not only does he know us by name, he knows the very number of hairs on our head. He knows everything about us. What a wonderful thing. When that day finally comes, welcome James McKay. Into my presence. Well done, good and faithful servant. You received the invitation. You've come in. You're welcome. Welcome into the courts of the King forever and ever. By the way, by the way, that the invitation is not just for us to go to the wedding feast. The invitation is for us to become part of the King's family. Not that the parable really goes there, but when you read the rest of the Bible, it opens up the fact that that the invitation is not just to the wedding feast, but becoming part of the king's family. Imagine if King Charles gave you an invitation. John Giuliano, I invite you to a special wedding, but at this wedding, I'm going to confer to you sonship, and that will make you a prince in the court of the king. And you will be forever known as Prince John (laughs) Iuliano. Hasn't that got a good tone, a good ring to it? And I think from here on in. Why would you say no to something like that? So, do you know what causes me to have passion in this whole area is that I'm a recipient of this. I've said yes. I've, I've said yes to the greatest news that exists that I can become a king's kid. But how can I keep this secret that that this invitation is not just for me. This invitation is for whosoever will. This invitation It's for the good and the bad. It's for the mighty and the weak. It's for everybody. Whosoever will can come. And so when I read this parable, I can read it either from a very self centered perspective about me, 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 how wonderful this is for me. Or I can read it from a broader perspective of saying, but it's not just for me, it's for others. And now, and now not only do I want to be a recipient of this great invitation, but I also want to put up my hand to be one of those messengers, to share the invitation with others. I want to be one of those people that goes into the whole world and shares this invitation with every creature, with every person. Because how can I enjoy eternity as a child of the King Prince John Giuliano, knowing that my neighbour has never been told that they too could be a recipient of this invitation. How, how could I enjoy the wonders of His glory and keep it to myself? Maybe, maybe, maybe I need God's help for me not only to become a recipient of this invitation, but also a distributor of God's invitation a recipient and a distributor. Come on, some of you, some of you have become distributors in all sorts of marketing gimmicks and techniques. Huh? And, uh, and, and I'm saying to you, be a distributor in God's kingdom. Thanks for choosing to listen to the LifeSource Christian Church Audio Lounge. If you like this week's podcast, then please share it with a friend. More information about who we are is available at lifesource.org.au. On behalf of Senior Ministers John and Anne Iuliano, we look forward to connecting with you next time at the LifeSource Christian Church Audio Lounge.